Hey friends, I want to thank you for listening once again. And in the spirit of transparency, I want to tell you how I am making these podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way that I found that I can make a podcast. It's free and the app actually comes with uh, tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts get your actual audio and you don't have to do anything. That's beautiful. You can make money from it. There's no minimum listenership that you have to have in order to be able to create income from this podcast. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So you just have to download the free Anchor app or go to A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Well, hello, it is Dr. Erica Jones of the Art of Transition podcast. I have a super duper special guest for you today. As always on the Art of Transition podcast, we let our guests introduce themselves. So Chef, why don't you go ahead and tell the people uh, who you are, what you got going on? Hi, my name is Chef Adair Mason. I'm owner of The Veggie in Huntsville, Alabama. The Veggie serves familiar comfort food that just so happens to be vegan. So we focus on giving plant-based consumers variety and convenience centered around vegan food. And we also give non-vegan consumers a easy introduction to healthy plant-based food by introducing them to it through dishes. We currently exist as a delivery service in Huntsville, Alabama, focusing on prepared meals. Um, our clients don't have to do any work. Um, we also do catering and classes. And now we are working on opening up our first cafe location here in Huntsville at the end of February. Oh my gosh. I mean, just, just speak on that most recent transition from, you know, tents to tables in your own cafe and retail location. I know we got some other transitions um, that, that, that we got to go through, but I mean, from, from tents to tables in, uh, in Huntsville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, so, you know, I, I know we'll get more into uh, my story, but you know, I, I started out with nothing but my own money. I have funded this all along the way with just my personal investment and then just the hard work that I've put in over the last three years. And so um, I started out with, a, you know, very little to no marketing budget. So I had to find creative ways to market my business and my services. And so I did that by setting up my tent at local farmers markets and events. And I would sell items and my popularity grew. People started ordering our meal prep service. And, you know, just the demand for our product has grown over the years. People constantly contact us asking for regular access, somewhere they can pick up product, you know, and us not just being a delivery and a pop-up service. So it really is surreal to just have put so much work into just this one thing. This is all I have done for the last three years. I quit my job to do this. And so just, you know, just seeing it transition from, you know, this little tent at a farmer's market to now having a 3,200 square foot space, it is just 
thrill. Wow, what a blessing. Oh my gosh. I just, I heard about your story. I used to live in Huntsville. I did uh, my residency there. So I, I still haven't been able to uh, get back, but I heard about your story from some people around Huntsville. I'm like, man, this woman is amazing. Then I found out you were <laughs> an illustrious soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, this is what we do. You know, that's all we know how to do. <laughs> yes. So I just wanted to give you your flowers and just, you know, wish you well along this way. I know you're inspiring so many people just by being who you are and doing the things, you know, that you're doing. One of the things that really piqued my interest is the fact that you are teaching people as well. I, I watched uh, your interview, your podcast interview that you did uh, several months ago with some young men and the, the fact that, you know, you not only, you know, you have a restaurant, but you talk about the importance of like, you know, boosting your immune system and the importance of actually, you know, consuming certain types of vitamins. And I was just, I was blown away by your, um, just a, your interest in, in not just making money, but in teaching people, you know, how to eat uh, differently and how to transition into veganism um, if, they, if they want to. And just having that type of information available to share for people. So I kind of wanted to know why you decided to, to teach people uh, how to transition into veganism. Um, so that came because I realized that there was just a lack of information out there. Well, let me not say a lack of information. There's tons of information on the Internet, but it's not mm -hmm. always organized in a practical way where people really understand how to implement it. Say that. And when my mom, when my mom got sick, um, you know, several years ago, and you know she was having a lot of health issues, and doctors were like, you know, you really could benefit from a plant-based diet. And my mom, she didn't live, you know, she didn't live too far away, but it was significant enough of a distance where I couldn't necessarily get to her every single day, you know, to make meals for her and things like that. And at the time. I was still kind of new to veganism myself, so I was still kind of, you know, playing with things and figuring things out. But I realized that there really was like no easy, um, like ready to eat food that she could just grab, you know, that was plant-based. Um, that, you know, it was really confusing trying to figure out all the different substitutes that were available and, you know, what she should use and what she shouldn't use. And it just was very daunting for, you know, someone that, that was older, and that was already having problems, you know, just being able to, to do things for themselves. And so when my mom passed away, I was like, you know, I really want to help other people's mom or grandma or whoever be here a little bit longer by taking away some of that stigma that eating healthy is really, really hard. And I thought the best way to do that was to have fun with it and to offer healthy cooking classes so that people could have fun, they could get their hands dirty, but they could also ask questions in an environment where, you know, that was welcomed and they could get the information they needed to actually start eating better. So I, I felt like that was a good way to kind of break down that barrier. And, you know, so far it's been successful. We've done large group classes. We've done intimate classes with like couples in their home um, who are just looking for like new ways to cook. So we really try to tailor the experiences to like what each person needs or what each group needs. And it's, it's been really successful so far. Man, that is that is so great to hear. I just, 
really want to commend you on being able to like fill that type of gap because you're right there's one thing to to talk about you know information as we're like in this age where there's so many distractions and just for you to be able to like break things down and and simplify it and just relay it to us with a cultural competency competency that everyone um, can understand and relate to Uh, I think that that's like been so important So I, yeah, I, that's one reason why we try to focus as well on familiar food, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, when you talk about eating healthy, they automatically imagine something that they're, they, they imagine having to really, really sacrifice or that they're not going to enjoy their food. And so I wanted to, again, try to overcome some of those barriers that people have to going plant-based by saying, hey, you can still enjoy, you know, a, a crab cake, but make it vegan can still enjoy mac and cheese but make it vegan and so that's a way to just kind of pique people's interest and when you do that people eventually will continue to make changes themselves they'll continue to explore you know and take more risks with what they're eating for sure for sure I'm definitely excited about the opportunity when I be able to order it uh, to Atlanta and be able to share (laughs) share with my people uh, down in Dothan I know you shared that as one of your goals is just being able to provide that work, you know, nationwide. So I'm excited about that and, and uh, what's what's going to come from that. And I know like the restaurant space uh, really just, you're like expanding in so many different ways. Um, so I was researching you and your background and I'm like, whoa, she was an engineer. <laughs> like this, this is a dynamic woman right here. She literally transitioned from being like a, a systems engineer. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, weapon systems. Uh, weapon systems engineer to actually, you know, being a chef and then from a chef to like owning your own business and you're transitioning the business. Like there's just been so many different changes. Like how do you or have you found, you know, the strength and the energy to just continue to stay flexible and, and to move as you need to in business and in life? Well, you know, it's so interesting because, you know, I think we live in a time where um, people are trying to do so many different things. I, I believe that we all have different gifts and talents, but we don't have to execute all of those gifts and talents at one time. Right. There's still a time and a place for everything and a natural progression. And I tell people, you know, I always use the example of, like, LeBron James. And I was like, you know, when LeBron James first came into the NBA, he didn't open up a school the same day. He didn't invest in, a, in Blaze Pizza. Like, he, he focused on basketball, and he let that one thing that he got really proficient at um, allow him to expand into other opportunities and open new doors. Mm. And so for me... Um, before I quit my job and started this business, I was all over the place. I was a very accomplished person, but I was doing a lot of things just because I think I felt like I had to. I had always been an overachiever, and I always felt like I needed to have my hand in a lot of things. I should be giving back. I should be volunteering. I should be creating. I should be learning. And so I was always doing something. Mm-hmm. And my mom passing away forced me to slow down and, and focus. My mom lived a life of simplicity. And that was something that I, de- de- I desired for myself. And so when I quit my job to solely focus on this business, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, well, you, you must feel really restricted because you're only doing that. 
but it is actually so freeing because in this one thing I get to use so many of my gifts and talents I get a chance to still lead people I still get a chance to create food I still get a chance to talk to people and teach people you know through the classes um, you know I get a chance to you know um, pay attention to detail and just like I did when I was an engineer when I'm creating each one of my dishes and so you know it's allowed me to really um, you know I haven't had to give up anything I don't feel like I feel like I've been able to really hone in um, and just redirect my skills in a different way and it's exciting and so that's one of the things that you know helps me to keep going and kind of um, you know breathe as change happens because it's also very exciting and very free. And that, and that type of excitement, the energy that you carry into your business, like I can see that like in, in your customers, like on your Instagram, like people are excited about Eat the Veggie, you know, just the <laughs> buzz around it. I, um, I read an article you, you did, I think it was for EXO, uh, Nicole in an interview that you did. And like, yeah, there's just so many different facets to what you have going on. I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm clapping for you. And um, I, I just can't like wait to see where you go with it. And a lot of times with my guests, I, I like to talk to them about, you know, resources that they use. And for you, you know, I know you talk about um, losing your mom and, and, and how, you know, that actually kind of just puts you in a different type of space mentally. So I kind of wanted to know in terms of like resources, like what did you use, you know, to help you deal with, um, the, the, the grief and the depression that you experienced. Was there one particular therapist or was there a book or like, was there a, a prayer or affirmation that you, you know, relied on or was it a combination of things? Um, yeah, it was really a combination of things for me. Um, unfortunately, um, I, my, my therapist, who was a, my longtime therapist, actually passed away about six months before my mom did. So that was also very devastating because that was the person that had kind of, um, you know, gotten me through some other tough places in my life. Oh, Lord. And so, um, yeah, it was really tough. But um, I did take advantage of grief counseling uh, for a few months, you know, after my mom passed. And that was helpful to have an outlet, you know, for my feelings without feeling like, um, you know, somebody close to me might be judging me. It was just nice to kind of talk to like an outside party. Mm -hmm. um, but also, um, you know, and not to sound cliche or anything about, you know, strength, but I also just had to pick up a lot of personal resolve. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I remember there was one day where I was just, I had not gotten out of bed in days, you know, hadn't showered, hadn't done anything. I was just really, really, really depressed. And, you know, I just had this, this moment where I was laying there, you know, and I was just thinking about my mom. And I was like, you know, as much as I miss my mom, like how many, how many days, how many weeks, how many months am I going to lay here, um, you know, in, in this grief? Like I, I have to eventually... Um, you know, get up and get moving again. Yeah. And I felt like if I had continued to just kind of wallow in the grief, that I was going to hit a point where it was going to be really, really hard to come back. And I, you know, just thought about the fact that my mom is a single parent. I watched her work super, super hard my whole life to provide. Um, you know, my mom, you know, was able to 
you know, accomplish small things along the way that were huge for a single mother, like paying off her house and paying off her car and, sure. you know, being a self-sufficient woman. And I just thought about, you know, all the things my mom had gone through. She had been, you know, sexually abused. She had experienced racism growing up in the 50s in Selma. And just all the things she had gone through and she was still able to just push through, provide, be a parent. And I was like, if my mom could overcome all of that, you know, I can get up out of this bed and just take it day by day. And literally what I held on to for a long time was just the strength I saw in my mother and the strength I knew she instilled in me. And I just focused on each single day at a time. Like I didn't focus on the week ahead, the month ahead. Um, I just focused on getting through each day and being able to pat myself on the back for that until I could pat myself on the back for getting through the week or getting through the month or, you know, hitting a milestone of, you know, not not crying every day or whatever the case might have been. And so I just really tried to, you know, rely on what I knew about, um, you know, my mom and what I knew about myself. And so, like I said, not to sound cliche, but I think that anything that I would have read or anything that I would have prayed would have still led me back to that realization that, what I needed to get up and get moving again was already inside of me. Yes, same that. You know, <laughs> for anybody listening, you know, whatever it is that they're overcoming, it may not be a death. It may be, you know, a loss of a job. It may be, you know, some, you know, your partner, you know, your partner broke up, whatever it is, like you have what it is, what it is that you need. We just have to, you know, we're all kind of looking for that thing to ignite us. Um, to, you know, to help us to tap into it, but you've already got it, you know, and I think that's so important for everybody to know that's listening. Thank you so much for that. It's, it is important for us to just be able to call some of that strength up sometimes and, and to call up some of that resilience. And man, I just, oh, I applaud you. When I, when I, when I, <laughs> when I hear you say you lost your therapist, six months before you lost your mother I'm like oh my gosh well at least you were you were going so you had some type of you know background and some type of maybe maybe possible like self-help skills that you were able to build up while you were going that prepared you a little definitely so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of change gears in the conversation um as we get ready to wrap up uh, the interview I didn't want to take too much of, of your time but I definitely appreciate you sharing with us now what would you say a lot of times you know when when I'm eating healthy throughout the day you know I'll, I'll get like these little late night cravings <laughs> it's like man I've been so good and I oftentimes hear people say like you do so good throughout the day and as the night falls yeah. <laughs> those little urges creep in so when when you get those little urges that creep in what would you say is maybe one of your go-to um or your favorite you know vegan um snacks um so if i'm going to snack i try to focus on something that you know is going to make me full so i won't keep snacking (laughs) you know because one snack will turn to like three you know or whatever you know, we all been there like, oh, well, let me get some chips and some cookies right. and, you know. <laughs> um, so, like, one one of the newest things that I've been, like, really, really hooked on, um, I love them. Um, there is a company called Smart Sweets. 
and they make um like gummy bears and like peach rings and sour candy and all of mm-hmm. that um but it, and it's so good um but it doesn't have a ton of sugar and it, it's, it's not that you know that that weird like aftertaste sugar it's just they found like natural ways to sweeten the product and so it has uh, the packages have a good deal of carbs and protein so if you're going to snack on something you know it's kind of a good thing um because it's got that fiber it's going to fill you up it's got carbs um you know and so i do recommend i do recommend you know um, maybe trying to find snacks like that um, that, you know, will make you feel full so that you won't keep snacking. Um, of course, you want to balance, you know, the sugar, especially at night. Um, I think a lot of people experience, like, night sweats and stuff like that, not realizing that eating sugary foods closer to bedtime causes your body temperature to rise at night. So you sweat, you're hot, you probably don't get as good of a quality of sleep. Mm-hmm. So definitely you just want to be mindful of things like that, you know, um, when you are snacking later in the day. Yeah, I heard you um, mention, like, t- you, you were uh, teaching how to make, you know, your homemade kale chips. And I know here in Atlanta, a slutty vegan is really big, and, and Pinky has her own uh, chips. So I just wondered, you know, are you at, are you thinking about maybe making your own kale chips and, and putting those out? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I definitely have some retail plans, you know, some big box retailer plans. Um, primarily, uh, the products that I'm kind of focusing on, um, you know, when we get to that point in the business is um, introducing our alkaline drinks um, into stores and also our vegan chicken salads. Um, that was one of the things that we've been recognized for here in Huntsville back in 2019. It was recognized as one of Huntsville's top 100 eats. Um, we make a uh, very unique, low-calorie vegan chicken salad from Jackfruit. And, of course, you know, with chicken salad, you can put it on crackers. You can make a sandwich out of yeah. it. You know, you can put it, dip it, you know, with fruit or, or you know, or vegetable sticks. So, um, you know, very southern type of thing that a lot of people like. And, again, just trying to continue to break down that barrier by giving people things that they recognize but that are healthier for them. Yes, ma'am. Well, I mean, I just want to say that it's been such a pleasure to chat with you thank you for sharing this space and time with the art of transition podcast with the listeners it's been such a pleasure if you can let people know how to find you um your retail space is opening up where that is and you know if they want to take some classes or gift someone in the area the classes how do they do that yeah, so um, our website is www.eattheveggie.com. Um, if you go to our shop page, you can see all of the options that we have for meal prep um, and a la carte items. We also have a class, uh, a page on our website that um, is dedicated to the classes. So you can fill out a form um, about what you're looking for out of your class experience. Um, we'll respond and craft a class experience to, um, exactly for you and your guests. Um, when we open up our space um, at the end of February, of course, because of still trying to take COVID-19 precautions, um, we will only be doing takeout and delivery to start. But once we feel like it's safer too, we'll be opening up our space for eating, dining, as well as doing classes in our space as well. Um, so um, we, were gonna, we are going to be located at the historic Low Mill Arts that's um, located at 2211 Seminole Drive. Um, and so we're going to be um, right near some other really great businesses 
um, that are really popular in the area, including a chocolate shop and a tea shop. So it's a great little corner of Low Mill to come to and get your food, get your sweets, get something to drink, um, and just support the local community there. Um, but in the meantime, people can always access our website to get in touch with us. Um, on social media, we're at Eat the Veggie. That's on Instagram and Twitter and the Veggie on Facebook. And my personal um, social media handles are at Chef Adair, um, spelled A-D-Y-R-E. Chef, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. And I, I can't wait too. to see uh, how the rest of your business continues to expand and, and many blessings. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise.